Welcome back, boys and girls, to another episode of K-Fabe Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, and I am joined here once again by the king of the K-Fabe kickflip, Mr. Wex Breaking the Loss. And Wex, how we living today, bro? You know, once again, coming to you live from Nashville, Tennessee, living great on today is March 10th, Mario Day. Great day. Mario Day. Uh, ready to talk about some wrestling we got some very interesting stuff coming up Uh, two great shows well one great man we'll we'll get into that we'll get to it for sure i'm very very excited about it uh today's episode is aew's revolution from this past weekend going up against wwe's no way out from 2007 uh lots of good stuff on here lots of bad stuff on here um we're gonna really get deep into the cut on that one uh, but before we do, I want to give a big shout out to Mr. Jesse Baker. I couldn't make it on the show this week. Um, dealing with some personal issues. So if you guys could lend him your most positive vibes, that would be great. And he will be back next week with the Baker's Dozen. But, Wex, have you gotten any feedback, man? You're just on the Twitter all the time. Have you gotten any feedback about last week's episode? I've been getting a lot of feedback. Uh, like I said, people are really loving the length of the show. They're really loving how it's not too much longer than an hour. Yeah. And they're just uh, – Really digging, I don't know, kind of like the the news section and stuff and like that because I'm getting more feedback on like the little clips we've been putting out on Twitter yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, TikTok and people are enjoying it. We got a lot of shit yeah. going on, on Twitter. We Chris Jericho retweeted one of our tweets that I retweeted of somebody else and I got more likes and retweets than the original one, which doesn't make, make any sexy. sense. But it makes me feel sexy actually when he retweets us. Just it, it feels nice. It's a nice feeling. Retweeted and liked. Yeah, retweeted and liked. That's a double whammy there. Double whammy there from one of the goats there. Love it. Um, cool. Yeah, man. Yeah, I feel like um, the downloads are up. So welcome, new listeners. We're glad you guys are here. Hopefully we can entertain you guys. Um, and I think one of the most entertaining segments of the show is... Wexley spills the tea. Fill up my cup, baby. And I'm going to hit you like Picard with that Earl Grey today. Yeah. So wwe which we love to start with every time so cody rhodes seems his negotiations his negotiations i don't know why the fuck i said it like that kind of hit a snag and they still really haven't come to an agreement yet and my best bet is that they probably have and they're just kind of saying that and he's going to debut on raw next week in jacksonville and i think he's going to be seth rollins mystery opponent for wrestlemania because rollins is mad right now he blacked out all the social media as part of the storyline and He's pissed off that he's not on the card. And I think Jacksonville will be the perfect city to debut. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I You could be totally right. You could be totally right. Um, I just feel like it's already out there. I, I've seen the news floating that he was supposed to be his opponent, uh, but that's not happening. Oh, okay. Um, hey. So I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Maybe it is a work, and maybe like they already have an agreement. And it is what it is. Um, I hope you're right, actually, because I feel like Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins sounds like a million dollar match to me. Like, I, I'm, I would love to see it take all my money. Um, I mean, but it's only three weeks away, so they better figure it out. Three weeks away. God, dude, it's so soon. My goodness. My goodness. It's crazy. It's going to be crazy, man. It's going to be crazy. What else we got? Well, speaking of mania, Stone Cold Steve Austin has accepted Kevin Owens' invitation to the KO show, but we heard it's not really going to be, he said, it's not going to be a match. A brawl. Like, we don't know what it's going to be, but it's not going to be a match. We know Stone Cold's not doing a match. So like, is this really worth it? Like, 
Well, it might be tired for 19 years and it might be bad about Texas. First thing to bring you back. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think it could be a match, though. I think it's, there's still possibility that it could be a match match. Like, it's very possible. But if they're going to have a match, why wouldn't they just outright promote it as a match? Um, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And I heard uh, rumors that JR was talking to Stone Cold, and he was like, Stone Cold was kind of mad because he wished he, the only reason he doesn't want to do a match is they didn't give him enough time to prepare. He wants to, you know, he said he wants like six months to prepare, to like make sure he's ready, in shape, ready to go. Yeah, and, you know, he doesn't want to disappoint the fans. He doesn't want to pull a Shawn Michaels in Saudi Arabia, you know. Yeah, it's totally true. Um, I mean, I, I give, I give, I give Shawn a wash on that because it felt like everybody was bad in that match. But yeah, oh, every dude, torn peck, Kane's mask. I mean, it was just fucking awful, bullshit. Awful, 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 awful. Um, what else well, we got? Speaking of not awful, uh, what we've been used to it being awful are WWE video games. Apparently, the new 2K22 have uh, been seeing lots of positive reviews, and I don't, I don't know. I, I think I'm going to get it. I know you said some good things about it. 8.5 out of 10. Um, okay. It's it's the best 2K WWE game. It's the best one. Well, that's uh, hopefully they stick with 2K because apparently they're in uh, preliminary talks with EA Sports. And as gamers, we know that that's probably not a good idea. Oh, no, it's terrible. I yeah, mean, EA so. hasn't put out a good sports game, really, in years. I mean, it's been years. I think, uh, don't they make the Star Wars games? Yeah, Star Wars games have been so great. So that's like the only good games they put out like recently are Star Wars, really. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Like really Jedi Fallen Order. That was remember a great that game. Anthem? Remember that Anthem game that was going to come out? And everybody was like super hype on it, and then it came out, and it was like the worst game of all time. Oh, yeah. Trash. Yeah, it looked like a... Trash. It looked like a combination between like Destiny and Halo with like some weird colors. I don't know. It looked lame. It was lame. It was indeed lame. I can confirm it was lame. What else we got, man? Uh, one big, big thing in WWE. This week, the new NXT champion, Dolph Ziggler. Boom. Love it. I love that. He looks great, too, man. And I like that like Robert Roode is still like paired with him, too. Makes sense. Like, um, Yeah, I don't know, man. It's awesome. Like, I mean... Dolph Ziggler being the NXT champion makes sense to me. Um, I don't know. I, I think they just got it off of him so Braun could go ahead and go to the main roster. I think that's the plan. I feel like it's going to be Braun and Rollins. Like, I feel like that'll be the match. And then Rollins will do the job, actually. I think that's what's going to happen. But um, we'll see. I, I don't think he should. But I'm saying, like, I think if Braun, if Braun has a match on Mania, he's winning the match. That's what I think. Um, yeah, he's definitely. Oh, it's going to be at the NXT Stand and Deliver show that's happening that same week, and it won't be a Mania. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, they're okay. doing their own little thing, so they'll build it to that, which it'll be good. I'm sure it'll be good in its own right because, like you said, Dolph Ziggler, he's a workhorse. He's going to make everybody else better around him. So I, yeah. I see why they they put the strap on him for the young guys down there. Yeah. Well, speaking of people showing up to places, fucking Jeff Hardy debuted in AEW last night with the yeah. Hardy Boys music. Yeah, that was insane. Like, if I don't under, okay, listen, I don't understand how that happens, man. How, like, how do you know? How do you know that Jeff Hardy is gonna leave, and you don't do everything you can to buy the rights to that song? How do you do? Why would what? Like, I, I think now, honest to God, like, I feel like the reaction, like, you could kind of tell that Jeff was coming. Like, people kind of knew it was gonna happen. It was just all laid out so, like, obviously. But when they heard the song, people like yeah. it blew their minds. Yeah, like screamed, and it blew like, my mind. I was like, wait, what? Like, wait, what? Like, I literally had to rewind it immediately. I was like, is that my brain just like playing their song? Click, because there's no way. It'd be like hearing the glass break. 
You know what I mean? Like it's so like, it's such a WWF even theme. Like it's been around that long that it's like, how, how do you not own this? Yeah, literally it's on, uh, the, the stone cold VHS hell yeah that I have. It's just like a random like song and like a montage for like a pay-per-view, like building up a match. Like they, they've been using that cause it's like a free write song. Like some dude made it years ago. It's been used on like commercials and, other shit like that but the best part of jeff's debut matt's getting his ass kicked and he runs out and he still does a quick little just real quick like and then still runs down there oh yeah the like, jeff hardy oh, dance i love it i love the dance but it's so good he was just like I, I, that's so like that's like been like, the biggest thing on twitter too like he just like don't dude, ever forget that jeff hardy just danced right. while his brother was getting his ass beat oh it's hilarious it's hilarious but i loved it man it was a massive pop and you could like they were, there was like genuine joy from both Matt and Jeff. Like you could tell they were just so like happy to be in AEW together, which is awesome. That's awesome to see. It's going to be good. I'm really looking forward to the possible feud they're going to have Sting and Darby versus the Hardy Boys to start out, which I think will oh, be fantastic. I, I mean, there's so much party in the Hardys first. Uh, well, I mean, they came and saved. We'll see. We'll see. But I want to see a Jeff Hardy versus Darby somewhere down the line. We got to get that. That's oh, going to be definitely. Definitely. That's, that's got to happen. Also, last night, really big news, really big shit happened. Scorpio Sky became the new TNT champion. He's now the first black male singles champion, and he is now the first person to to hold a singles title, TNT title, and the tag team championship. Mm. There's been world world champion and tag team champion, but there hasn't been a TNT champion and tag team champion. So, you know, he carves off two, etches his name in history twice there with two accolades, and... I don't want this to happen, but I feel like Wardlow next week is just going to beat him unless MJF causes the distraction and fucks it 100%. up. Hundred percent. It's a hundred. That's a hundred percent. What's going to happen? Okay. So hope, yeah, because that would suck for him to like. Get it's the like yeah, you, know, you get this record, you're going to have these records, but really you're a transitional champion because we don't want Wardlow to beat Sammy right away, but we want Wardlow to have the strap right away. Yeah. So what I'm guessing is MJF's going to cost Wardlow the match, and then they're going to have their little program until they finally break up officially, and then. Then he'll get his title. See, I don't know. I think Wardlow's going to win. Oh, you think, think Wardlow's going to win, but then that's – do you think MJF's going to like pull some fuckery with the contract? I think – no, I think I think it – And like take dude, the title MJF's from been him. doing the long play, right? Like this CM Punk angle was a long angle. Like, yeah. Um, and I think this Wardlow one's going to be long too. So I think actually like MJF helps Wardlow win, and then Wardlow – even though he doesn't need it because Wardlow's clearly a babyface. Yeah. And then they, they, they like go back and forth – like around the the TNT championship for months before MJF beats him. But they didn't want, because honestly it's like, if if you're going to cost Wardlow the title and cost him the match, leave Sammy's champ. It makes it's easier that way. Um, yeah. I mean, cause I just don't see the, like, why would you, it, they're not even booking Scorpio as a long-term singles guy. You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't well, make he sense. He did have a, I mean, Oh, and he also had a one year winning streak as of yesterday too. Hasn't, he hasn't had lost a match in 365 days. So maybe they will do something with it. They, yeah, they I, talk mean, I hope about so. It. That would be cool. But at this, then what do you do with Ethan Page? I mean, it, it just doesn't make sense for you guys. Like, there's, he's got to be a transition. Well, I never I don't, I never thought they should have been booked as a tag team together anyways. It just no, I agree. Not a good team. But They're you're doing that whole American guys. top team thing, though. Like, you, you're bringing in Paige Van Zandt. You're bringing in, like, these other actual MMA, like, fighters. You need to have... They're they're staying together. You know what I'm saying? Like they're going to stay together. They got a little faction going and we have another little faction go. The Jericho Appreciation Society. They turn on the inner circle and that name is just that blows. We all said that about the inner circle. But Jericho lately 
his names have been his little names and catchphrases have not been good. Nope. He's been fucking blowing it. And uh yeah, I don't know what maybe we'll get used to that fucking name, but I think it's lame. I think it's gonna be a short lived thing. And the only oh, other big sure. thing we really, really got in the news is uh Miro re signed a four year deal with AEW. Uh. And Good, good for him, getting some big money, and I yeah. wonder who's going to come back and feud with when he gets back in there. I'd love to see some Miro versus Keith Lee. Don't care. I think that'd be very good. Don't care about Miro. Oh, okay. I've seen, I, like I've, I've, he's, he's okay. I don't know. He, I mean, I just feel like at what point do we say like, oh, potential, potential, potential? It's like, dude, it's been like ten years, man. Like, I, like I, I feel. I mean, it's not really been ten years, title. but like, I mean, I'm just, I don't know. It's like, I mean, yeah, he's had some decent matches, but he like. How many classics has Rusev or Miro been in? I mean, classics. Like mm. the best matches ever had is with um, a person who had the best match, or probably we'll, we'll yeah. see on the card of that. So we'll get to that. But yeah, I get what you're saying. But yeah, I think uh, that's all we really have for the news. Only another thing: Christy Hemi is back with Impact, and we just covered a show with her on it in her original Impact run last week. So I thought that might, well, was a cool little note there, but it's not really news. Yeah, I feel like, you know, we're we're putting her on blast on the show. You know, we're giving her some yeah. shine. We're giving her a shout out. And uh, magically, she gets a job in wrestling again. It's crazy. It's like there are people are listening. You know what I'm saying? Um, exactly. We know you're out there, guys. We know you're out there. Uh, and without further ado, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this show. Um, it's AEW Revolution 2022 versus WWE's No Way Out 2007. AEW's Revolution was like four hours long, yo. Like, it was a long show. Uh, I watched the pre-show too, and there was wrestling on it. Like it was damn near like a mania length. Like it was long. It was a long show. Um, so we're gonna start with the 07 show to kind of like um, get that one out of the way first, because there's just so much meat on the bone with Revolution. So, um, yeah, man, WWE No Way Out 2007. Uh, we get a package for Michaels and Cena versus Taker and Batista to open the show. Tons of star power there for sure. Not a bad package. Um, it's supposed to be a quote-unquote SmackDown exclusive show. Um, so Cole and JBL on the call. Did you, anything stand out to you from that open? I mean, not really. Basically, no way out is can they coexist. That's basically right. how they build it. Yeah. They've been doing that shit fucking forever. So, yeah, years they just went with yeah. the classic uh, JBL pretty much with the MAGA gimmick back in 07 right here. Yeah. The George W. Oh, yeah. The OG. Um, yeah, so like speaking of, let's get into this first match here. It's a weird hodgepodge. It's MVP and Eminem, uh, Mercury and Nitro versus Hardys and Chris Benoit, right? Like that was the yes, opener? that is it. I mean, it's like Eminem a and MVP versus Hardy Boys and Benoit, yeah. So it's like a fast paced, hard hitting, like six man, and everyone kind of got their shine. It's a decent amount of time. It's a good way to start the show, like off fast paced. It's kind of like that old school WWE mentality that kind of had a formula there for a while for some of the pay per views that we were covering. And when they did it that way, usually it was a pretty decent show. Um, and this match was, I mean, it was good, it was above average too. I mean, they got tons of time, um, not a lot of story on the front end. Uh, but slightly above average. So I went like three and a quarter, like three and an eighth, like just a little push over average there. Um, that's where I'm at with it. What do you think about this opening six man here? I didn't go quite above average, but I went right in the middle with this. And like you said, it was just a solid, fast paced, hard hitting, classic type of match that all these guys, as you know, would do something like that. Yeah. And fucking commentary was hilarious. Uh, yeah. JBL called uh, Teddy Long Captain Cialis. Oh, Crowd gosh. was really into it. And. The baby faces are like mega, mega over in this match. 
work rates fucking solid. Like nothing very, nothing special about it. Nothing insane, but like, you know, just good old solid Hardy boys doing what they do. You know, and Jeff Hardy was still the intercontinental champion at this time. And it made me think, you know, it's a fun fact. MVP, who was also in this match, was the first ever IWGP Intercontinental Champion. Oh, yeah. And I don't know. I just thought about that. I was just like, oh, we got a little, you know, little Intercontinental history going on there. I just thought I'd toss that in the mix. But, yeah, I went three beers. Three beers is solid. Can't get too mad at that. Um, uh, after the match, we get a very green Vicky Guerrero with, a like, a cute, awkward kind of promo. Um, and then Swaggle and Finley have a promo and dwarf boogeyman was in there too. So that was real bad. Um, it's a I feel little like, boogie, okay. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I do feel like this whole 2007 vibe is pretty decent bell to bell for the most part and really bad story and really bad writing. That's what it feels like. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. Um, the next match here is the cruiserweight open. Um, and I, I actually really enjoyed this. I thought it was a cool idea. Scotty too hottie and Davari kind of opened the match and the work was solid there. It wasn't like great or anything, but it was solid. Um, you know, Scotty getting the quick win and then, you know, with Helms coming out, I thought the match kind of like everyone got their shine. I don't think anybody like every finish made sense. Nobody looked specifically weak. Um, Jimmy Wang Yang got like a really big, bigger pop than I would have imagined him getting. But I mean, I guess he was more over than I remember. Um, I mean, him taking out Helms too was nice. It was a nice surprise. Um, yeah, man. I mean, it was a great cruiserweight style match. You know, Chavo got like a great cheap heat with kind of getting his win. And I thought it was very well booked and the, and the, you know, it was the belt to belt was really good. So I gave it four beers above average for me. Um, what did you think about it? I didn't quite go that high, but I thought it was a pretty solid match. Like Scotty too hottie, one of my favorites, even though he's doesn't really fit the whole cruiserweight style here. It was still cool to see him in there. And like you said, everyone got their shine and didn't look like a joke or didn't look shitty except for Funaki. That's what they always make yeah. him look bad. Poor Funaki. I know. It sucks. I was just like, damn, dude, Funaki. I was excited for him to come in there, and they got fucking Shannon Moore in there doing shit. Who gives a fuck about that guy? <laughs> He's like discount Jeff Hardy, you know? Discount Jeff Hardy. Oh, my God. But uh, yeah, um, Jimmy Wang and Helms, like they do, they had the best like oh for sure pair yeah, up yeah. in this match. Like that was like the best work I've seen in the whole match. Uh, and they were talking about rednecks and JBL fucking referenced David Duke being related to Jamie Noble, and I was like, J- what the fuck? Okay, oh, God, I don't think uh, uh, Jamie Noble would be okay with that. But uh, yeah, it was fun stuff. Nice seeing Chavo there. I went three and a quarter, almost three. You know, almost a little bit above, above uh, a little bit above average, but not too much above average. I want, like, if you ever had, like, a stuffed animal with, like, a drawstring, like, well, I didn't go quite that high. I feel like that would be one of your sounds. Like, <laughs> I don't know, you know, I didn't, I didn't go quite that high. <laughs> it's solid. I, I may be quite that high, but I didn't go quite that high. It's solid. It's solid. It's solid. Speaking of solid, we got a Cena promo in the back. This is when he's kind of turning into Super Cena, honestly. This is when the crowd is starting to kind of regurgitate him a little bit, for sure. Yeah, this is the incarnation of Super Cena, because this is when I begin to hate him, too. Yeah, it, 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 it's it's starting to happen here, um, but we'll get to that later on. The next What's match a bad is, promo, though, I will say. No, I, yeah, I, I hated I mean, him during this era, but it was, a, it was a good promo. John Cena's great promo, period. He is. I mean, there's no way around that. I never that. gave enough credit back then. Totally, I agree. Um, the next match here is Fit Finley versus the Boogeyman. Uh, it's a Gaga gimmick match. Boogeyman is the absolute worst. No, it's, it's bad Fit booking. Finley and Little Bastard versus Boogie and Lil Boogie. Okay? okay, it was terrible. It was bad placement. It was goofy. Um, Finley and Swaggle got the win after Finley pins Midget Boogie. Um, so I gave it a dud. Didn't I hated it? That was terrible. 
I didn't go quite that high. I gave him negative <laughs> two beers. Not well, quite that high. Two beers on that one. I mean, negative two beers. It was it was pretty fucking shitty. I mean, as soon as they came out there, I was just like, what the fuck? It's like, so what embarrassing. Is like, this is like JBL said, what the hell is this? And I was like, exactly. Those are my exact words. I was like, we oh. sure Russo wasn't uh, secretly working for WWE at this time. This looks he like, might this have been, like actually. 07 TNA shit. Might have been. He might have been. I mean, I was, there was a time was that bad back right like- in 2007, period. He did come back in the background for like a few months. Like that did happen at one point. Hey. And Lil Boogie was tapping out way early before they didn't call it. He was tapping his heart out. So yeah, it oh, sucked. Yeah. Negative minus two beers, fucking garbage. I literally just put a clown face. Like that's what I put as the emoji, like in my equals. You know what I mean? Like I normally have like okay, so just so you know, maybe I'll post this on our socials, but I use like a full beer emoji as like a full beer, and then the cheers emoji with the two beers is a quarter beer for each one. So if it's like three and a half, it's like three full beers. But I use emojis. Like I have it all set up, like match number, the whole thing set up. And this one I just put clown face. I've like, seen I, it. He's not lying. Yeah, that's pretty much the way it is. Yeah. So then we get a HBK promo in the back, and it's decent. Listen, I love you, Sean, but you know your promos are either mediocre or bad or great. There's like, but great is rare. I, I will be honest. The great HBK promos are rare. Um, yeah, but I, even, I even have a similar note. I was just like, promo is okay, but it doesn't matter because I was rock hard for HBK in 07. <laughs> exactly. I feel like everybody was, man. I mean, and bell to bell, I mean, how could you not be? The dude was, I mean, honestly, to this day, I, I still, I mean, you could talk about Omega, you can talk about Styles, Rollins, um, anybody really, but I mean, I don't know. I, it, Shawn Michaels, like, is He's the first version of all those. He's, He's those guys, the he's the originator he's the originator of that style like that he's like he he changed the course of professional wrestling with the way he wrestled that's insane um anyway let's get on to the next match here it's king booker versus kane um man i love the facial expressions on booker here i thought he sold like a million bucks the match was very very good i much better than i actually anticipated it being um it feels like kane specifically is kind of hit or miss in this era uh, but I thought Booker was definitely like firing on all cylinders when he was in this gimmick. Like I thought he was just awesome. And I will say this is probably Kane's like peak physically. Like, you know what I mean? Like as far as like his movement and his like, uh, agility, there were like a couple of snug spots and a couple like sloppy spots, but no like outright botches. I'm not saying I went too crazy with this one. Um, Cole's voice is like pretty much gone by this time too. Uh, but I thought it was a nice, clean finish, and I thought it was above average for sure. I gave it three and three quarter beers. I enjoyed it. What did you think about it? Eh, I didn't quite go that high. <laughs> I only went two and a quarter beers for this match. Two and, and a quarter. Yeah, I just wasn't feeling it. Maybe it was no just. Way. Maybe it was just uh, the chemistry of him and Kane. I don't know. Kane. Thought it was great. Loved it. I don't know. Like you said, good. Kane's really hit or miss, and he's never been like the best worker ever. Yeah more of a character guy, a story guy. And like the story here, just like, I don't know. didn't really do it for me. Just, Oh, I see. It wasn't like too bad. There was like, you said the few spots, but Booker T's drop kicks were the highlights of the match. I actually thought the bell bell was better. Like I thought because there wasn't much of a story, like Kane actually wrestled better in this match than most of the other matches he has. In my opinion, I thought the actual bell to bell was really good here is what I'm saying. I don't know. It just didn't quite hit for me, but yeah, I just went two and a quarter. It just wasn't for me. I don't know. Kane, I've seen, I've rated Kane matches higher before. Just, just didn't do it for me. Yeah. Well, after that, we got another promo from somebody in the main event, and this time it's Batista 
It's quick and it's decent. And by decent, I mean he didn't totally botch it because Batista was never really great on the mic, regardless of what people may think. I know he's an he's actor like Luger, now. So he's people, a body guy. Yeah, I mean, he's Drax the Destroyer, so it's not like, I mean, the dude doesn't have a ton of lines. Like, yeah, he's in these major movies, but it's not like, I mean, he literally has to act like a cheesy actor. That's the whole, that hit, that is his role as Drax the Destroyer. Uh, but anyway, I feel like we're just bunny trailing all over the place today. Speaking of bunny trails, God, whoever thought Deuce and Domino was a good idea? Like, why would you, wh- wait, wasn't that like Hairspray movie? Didn't that come out around this time? I, th- I feel like somewhere in this era, yeah. Maybe that's what it was. I don't know, dude, because it was more grease than anything. It was just like... Yeah, it, yeah, it really was. I don't know, 50 man. 50 shit was not hot in 07, is all no, I'm saying. Definitely not. 50, no, it was definitely not hot in 07. Um, man, poor London and Kendrick, dude. Like, I genuinely feel like that tag team would have been Hall of Famers if they had been in a different era. Because, like, they, their division was probably the worst ever. Like, worst tag team division of all time would probably be 06... To like 2011, 2012, maybe. Um, just that bad five-year run for sure. But yeah, man, I mean, I don't know. The greasers aren't good bill to bill either. Match really suffered. London and Kendrick did their absolute best, but it was not great. It was below average for sure. Um, not good, but at least they got the win and could retain the titles. I went two beers on it, and that was it. Uh, what did you think about this one? I actually gave them a little bit more credit than you did, but I didn't go too much higher than that, though. I only went three beers, and it's all London and Kendrick in here for those three beers because Deuce and Domino just didn't work. That just wasn't a good team. It just fucking sucked. And I knew one of them was Cliff Compton, who, you know, he's since retired from wrestling and, like, you know, did an indie run. He's from Chicago. But the other one I didn't realize was Jimmy Snuka's son. It's Tamina's brother. What? Yes, the other – I don't know which is which or who, which one's Deuce and which one's Domino, but one's Cliff Compton and one is Jimmy Snuka's son. Gross. Yeah, it isn't worked, that fucking it ridiculous? It didn't work out for either one of them. No, but. not neither. I mean, Cliff Compton had like a decent run after this like on the indies and stuff and like, you know, he, he made I don't a little understand bit of money. Why, I don't understand why Ted DiBiase Jr. never made a comeback ever. I don't know. I, I saw like an interview with him somewhere recently. He just doesn't want to – not into wrestling right now. I don't know what it is, but you, I think you should get back in there. But yeah, this was like the era of the baggy pleather pants. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And like you saw these on the indies in 07 everywhere. Oh, everywhere. Because they were cheap to make too. Yeah. And you just get them on like high spots or something. It really started in like 01. Like that's when they really. Oh, started. no. that Yeah. But I feel like this era was like that. Like peak. these were a standard. Peak. Yeah. I think this is peak, peak time for that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, a few little missteps overall. Just, yeah. Right in the middle for me. Three beers. They, they can't, like you said, Kendrick and. London and Kendrick, they suffered from the time they were in because it was just – I can't remember any really good tag teams besides them from this era. Yeah, I mean – yeah, I mean not really. I mean – Name me one. Yeah, I don't know of any. I don't think – I don't think there was any. <laughs> Seven, I mean really, like name another tag team from this time. From 2007? Like, when, when Triple H wasn't hurt. Him and Shawn Michaels. <laughs> were Chuck and Billy like still doing things then? I don't think Chuck and Billy were they still going in 07? I don't know. This is that weird transitional period. It just there was like, I don't know. Not good. It was not good though. It was definitely nah. not good. Uh we got a package for Lashley, which was actually pretty well put together after that. And then uh Kennedy gets a promo, but it wasn't very good, which is honestly kind of rare because I feel like at the time when he was Mr. Kennedy, he was actually pretty decent on the mic. That was kind of what he was known for. 
but yeah, it wasn't it really was a bad promo. Uh, yeah, like and uh, been, you notice the Lashley promo, the little video package they played, like they literally redid this whenever he came back to the WWE, like the same thing, like oh he's a nice guy and showing his family and his sisters and his military background. They like literally completely remade that when he made his return. That's why I was just like it's so hard to like it's so hard to get any sympathy on him. It's even so with the golf hat and everything, like the yeah. It's so hard to treat him like a baby face, I feel like. But Yeah, it is. Um yeah, I mean and that's I mean the match the next match here is Bobby Lashley versus Mr. Hennedy for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship. And it's a brawl. I mean, it's lots of punches and kicks. Lashley isn't the same like then as he is today for sure. Um, I don't know. Cole sounded like an absolute frog at this point too. Like it was painful to listen to him. Oh no, yeah, yeah. It going. was horrible. Um uh, JBL calling Kennedy the future really did not age well. Uh, I mean, I felt like Kennedy got some decent heat, but again, like, I just think it's hard for people to really feel sympathy for someone as massive as Lashley. Like, I feel like he's a much better heel. Um, I mean, the bell to bell wasn't bad and the crowd did seem to be into it. Uh, the finish was absolute trash though, man. I mean, absolute trash. It's the ECW championship and it ends in a DQ, like bad booking, not even necessarily on the workers bell to bell, but the pencil work was just terrible. Two beers from me. Uh, what do you think about it? I actually went a little bit higher than that, but not much higher. I went two and a half beers and dude, I got like lots of bullshit to say about this because like, I don't know what was going on with the production. Like his Bobby Lashley's entrance took forever. Like, I don't know if that was like a botch cause they were going to set up the attack, but he just took forever to come out. I don't know what was going on with that. And dude, no wonder the ECW world title and the WEC WWE CW was a joke. Like they treated their world champions title run. Just like shit. The pay-per-view we watched before this, it ended with a count out with test. Yeah. And then the very next pay-per-view, it's a fucking DQ. Yeah. And then he and loses the, ECW the title championship. <laughs> and he loses the title at the next pay-per-view. I'm pretty sure. And I hope we cover that. Cause that that's we all know. If you all know the history, you know how he lost the ECW championship. Like they booked him to just be they booked him so shitty. Like, no wonder yeah. this was like the brand didn't work and the title didn't work because no one gave a fuck because they gave it no prestige. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, so after this. Oh. Next in his best new metal gear. Um, uh, and he hosts the Diva Talent Invitational. And I got to be completely honest with you. I literally said nope out loud. And I just fast forwarded through pretty much the entire thing. Um, yeah, so we don't really have to talk about it if you don't want to. It was terrible. At one point, Ashley Macero came out with like Playboy. She had the sable hands. Paint. Yeah, she had the sable hands, but there was actual Playboy bunnies instead. Same idea, though. And then her cover of Playboy drops down and, eh, you know. Like, to think if like a girl, like a female WWE wrestler came out today, like pulled her top off and like, bro, like, oh, I'm going to be in Playboy. And it says like, like, I don't know, Sasha Banks nude. Like how yeah. that would never happen. Like, think about never that shit. Like, would never happen today. And back then they were all about Playboy. Like <laughs> when was the last, like what year did they phase that out? I want to say it was like the, the, the teens, like the 10, 11, 12, right around there. Damn, like it's crazy because like that was like the thing every year. Like, oh, who's going to be on the cover of Playboy? It was I think Sable was the first one, right? Or Sonny. Yes. No, Sonny. No, it was Sable. Sable. Sonny okay. was just on like, uh, like America. Sports Illustrated Online, or some shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So that shit gonna, sucked. Yeah, yeah. We'll skip over that. It's not, it wasn't a match, but I didn't really feel like we had to cover it. Um, the next thing here is the HPK Cena versus Taker and Batista. I mean, uh, 
I, I did think it was funny that Cena and Batista like open and they missed the lockup. Like they missed the lockup right out of the gate. I was like, okay, well, yeah, this is, uh, this is, we're, we're, we're definitely really far removed from open challenge Cena. Uh, he's certainly not nearly as good in the ring in 2007 as he was in like 2015 when he was doing that U S open challenge thing. Um, but of course Michaels was in shortly and like the work rate improved leaps and bounds just from having him in there. Um, all in all, it was a solid tag team match. The Cena taker exchange was actually really good. Um, the match got better as time went on, which is always pretty much the case for Shawn Michaels matches. Uh, you could definitely tell that he was leading the band there. Um, crowd was super into it. Batista turning full heel was probably the best part angle wise, which helped my overall rating of the match. Um, it was a good match. And then the heel turn booking the full on heel turn with Batista made it sense to me. Gave it three and a half beers. Uh, what'd you think about it? I didn't go quite that high. Only went three beers. I mean, I thought it was a pretty solid match. You know, it was yeah. just like a, it was like a raw dark main event match. You know, like a house show main event. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it was I know just we got all the stars in the ring trying to, the you know, it's like an exhibition really for all their top yeah. guys. Yeah. And like you said, the little hill turn did help because the, really the match had no real meaning for WrestleMania. It had no effect on what happens. Like right. usually the show before Mania, there's a big match that could have implications for WrestleMania. This, like this, did nothing for Mania. Like. Yeah. At all. WrestleMania was set at that point, yeah. So no, that's I why agree. I really couldn't go higher than three beers. It was just a, like I said, a fucking raw dark match. Yeah, I mean, overall, it wasn't a bad show. I mean, um, the opening match was actually pretty decent. That six-man was pretty good. Cruiserweight Open was pretty good. Um, I liked Booker and Kane, um, and, I, and, and I liked the main event. So, I mean, it, it wasn't a terrible show. Uh, it wasn't great, but it, I would say it was a good show. It was good. Really, the was, only bad match that was like truly bad was that hornswoggle, yeah, boogeyman bullshit, and yeah. then the whole divas thing was sucked. Yeah, but that's a sec. Yeah, yeah, but I agree. Yeah, but for the most part, not a bad, not a bad uh, show. I'm um, pretty, pretty decent stuff there from 2007. Um, now we get to the 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 actual meat and potatoes of the current event. We're going to be talking about AEW's Revolution 2022. My goodness. Um, let's just dive right in here, man. Um, we open up with the pyro old school wrestling and Jr. asked Tony where they were. And I thought that was absolutely hilarious. Dude, uh, we're Jr. Uh, was we're, on uh, where the hell are we, Tony? Uh, I don't know if he uh, was on, uh, you know, consuming some extra chocolate cake, had a few extra mules, but he was definitely uh, saying some wild shit on this pay-per-view. I love dude. Honestly. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get to it. But I thought, I thought Jr. as far as like, the passion, being into it, like Jr. Oh, yeah, was yeah, yeah. in, like a hundred percent in on, on this show for sure. Um, yeah, instead of like kind of having an opening package though, it cuts to like an actual commercial for DraftKings, which that was a massive miss to me. I was like, mm, I don't know if this was the right place to put this ad, but it was what it was. Can't complain too much about that. Um, the opening match here is Chris Jericho versus Eddie Kingston. Um, since you know what, since you were there live tweeting about this one, why don't you go ahead and give me your overall first about your, uh, this Chris versus Eddie here. What do you think? Dude, this match like had everything. It was like really hard hitting, very stiff, very reminiscent of like a new Japan Jericho style match, which, you know, goes perfect into Eddie Kingston, you know, the, the style of shit that he works. And it was just brutal as hell. Like that suplex onto the floor off the apron by God, that was just, it was just fucking gnarly. And just they were they laid everything in. There was no punches pulled in this. Like everything was hard and stiff. And seeing Kingston go over was just fantastic. I loved it. Love seeing Jericho put 
I was I want to say the young guys, but I feel like Kingston's not that much younger than Jericho. But I know he's definitely a little younger. But yeah, honestly, one of Jericho's best matches in AEW. Uh, like, I thought this was great, and just go back and watch this. I thought it was fucking just. If you want to see just hard hitting, like you've heard, if you've never seen Eddie Kingston work, which I'm sure if you listen to the podcast, you've seen him work. But dude, it just worked really good with Chris Jericho, and he Chris Jericho looked great. Made probably made oh, Kingston look a little worse physically because Jericho was in such good shape. But dude, fantastic like match. I went five beers bucks, with this. Dude. I really loved it, especially seeing Eddie get the win and like the way he sold it. He like didn't realize it even won. He was like, "What? I won? I won?" He was yeah. just. I thought it was great. Even the, t- the the fucking touch of Chris Jericho not shaking his hand after he said he would shake his hand. Just everything about it was great. I loved it. Perfect open to like get everybody going for the show. <sighs> yeah, dude. I, I mean, I was I was a big fan of this one as well, too. Um, I th- Eddie kind of like just dropped Chris on his head like first thing in the match, too. Dude. Oh, like, yeah. That, that totally set the pace. Like it was super hard hitting. I mean, the dudes pretty much just straight beat the shit out of each other. That suplex on the outside was sick, dude. It was insane. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a great match. Uh, it was, a, a, again, like a great way to start the show for sure. A couple really smooth false finishes in there, dude. Like both guys look so, so crisp. Like I would say it was the best performance from both of them in a long, long time. Um, Eddie selling that he got the win was so good too. Like, um, yeah, I mean, I've been critical of both of these dudes lately, but there was no denying this one. I thought it was undeniably great. I thought it was an awesome match. I gave it five beers. I really, really loved it. Whoa, the first winner chicken dinner tie. And if we go back to our picks from last week, I picked Chris, I picked a Chris Jericho to lose, picked Eddie Kingston to win, and you picked Chris Jericho to win. Isn't that correct? That is that is correct. I did. I did. I did. All right, so that's one and oh going. That's one and oh. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it rolling. Let's keep it rolling. Uh, we got commentary down running down the rest of the card and it it I liked the feel of this. This felt very old school WCW to me. Like, um, I don't know. And, and there's a few times like throughout the show where kind of Tony comes out and like talks about where they're going. And it's like it that's old school WCW to me. And I, I like that. I don't know. It, it just makes it feel like it's more of a like you're watching like a um, like a circus or like a carnival or like something. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know how else to explain it. But uh, like you're actually you're watching a live like event. The, the big feel of it. And I think it's because they only have four pay-per-views a year. So they try to make them like mania esque, like just try to make them really big feeling. Yeah, I mean, we need to go to six at least, but I would say stop at six. I'd say six. That that it should be six. But well, well they are we, having double or nothing very soon in like May, which is not yeah. usually the normal gap between pay per views. So I did I like notice that. that. I like that. I like that. I'm I'm into that. Um, yeah. So the next match here is the Young Bucks versus Red Dragon versus Jurassic Express for the AEW Tag Team Championships. Um. I really like that it's kind of two men at a time, and I think they did a pretty good job of keeping the continuity throughout the match. Uh, the opening half was very quick and fast-paced, and Jungle Boy is just a star, dude. Like, there's no way around it. Uh, the inevitable blow-up between Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy is going to be epic, for sure. Like, those matches are going to be insanely good. Um, yeah, another hell of a match, man. I mean, it's hard to follow, like, one with another that works so well. Uh, but they did. I mean, it just but like the nature of the match was a little more chaotic than the opener, but I felt like that was okay because different is kind of good in this situation. Um, definitely some much bigger high spots for sure. Um, I mean, dude, some of those high flying spots were just insane. Like, yeah, I, I loved it, dude. I gave it five beers, another five beer back to back, back to back five beer banger for me. Uh, wh- wh- where are you at on this one? Well, I didn't quite go that high. <laughs> I only went four and a half beers on this one and I really love the young bucks and 
maybe because the other one was just such a different style of match. And just like you said, even though it was different, this still worked like worked perfect. Yeah. I don't know why I couldn't just quite go five because I'm trying to be one of those fivers and sixers. I don't want to just give those out, you know, willy and dilly all the time because I, you know, I don't just can't be doing I, I that. But, either, but these guys, I mean, they, they did yeah. it. That's weird. I just never thought that you would rate a Young Bucks match higher than me, but you did. But I agree. I love those three-way tag rules. There's only two men in the ring at the time. Like they, kept, like you said, the continuity. They kept making the tags where it worked. And those high spots, just like you said, the step-up Rana immediately into the German suplex, that was just so smooth. Yeah. Like, oh, it was so good. So perfected. And that shooting star press, like, leg drop thing. Dude. Insane. Jungle Boy's insane. Like, just fucked, just completely fucked. Four and a half beers. Uh, I'm really, wa- I'm, I can't wait for just the Red Dragon versus Young Buck straight up match that's gonna happen. I don't know when yeah. they're gonna oh, do yeah. that, but I'm ready for that. Oh yeah, they work uh, like they they worked it so well with each other, like still in the pin, like dude, no, you can't pin. Remember, remember, remember the agreement. Like yeah, they worked the story part of that perfect. I really enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, I thought it was well booked. I thought the storyline was well booked. I I think, I mean, I still think the money is gonna be Adam Cole and Red Dragon against you know. Kenny in the Bucks when Kenny comes back. I think that's going to be a thing. But Dude, Hank, it's, no, it's going to be Hangman and Bucks. You think it's going to be Hangman and Bucks? I see it happening. The seeds oh, yeah. are being planted if you watch Dynamite. The seeds are being planted. So the Bucks are going to go babyface, you think? Or you think Hangman's going to go heel? No, they're going to go babyface because I think they're, you know, Red Dragon and Coles are going to go full heel and they're going to break off. But that's just my, that's my prediction. But let's, let's, let's move it on to the face of the revolution ladder match. Who's going to grab that brass ring? Yeah, let's get right into it. Um, I love that we got a high package for the face of the revolution thing. And like, like one of the first lines is like, how do you learn or fall off a 20 foot ladder? It's like, we've been hearing that our whole, like our whole lives. And I love that he got his line in. Like we've never heard it before. Like, it's almost like I forget that. I think he genuinely thinks that like, he thinks that we haven't heard it or like, or it's been so long. Like, I don't know. And, and JR always messed up my perception of height because those ladders aren't really 20 feet. Oh. And I would think that 20 feet was, you know, it just, it fucked everything up. He was just yeah. exaggerating. I'm like 20 feet. And once I realized how much 20 feet was, I'm like, what? That, that ladder wasn't 20 feet tall. What the fuck There's are you talking no about? No way ladders. I mean, like maybe like the big ones that are out on ringside, they're about 20 feet probably, but maybe like, that's crazy though. Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe like if you're standing on the top, the top of your head is at 20 feet. Like maybe that's possible. Um, yeah. Anyway, the match here is the face of the revolution ladder match. Christian Cage, Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky Starks, Wardlow, Keith Lee and Orange Cassidy. Um, I thought the open was awesome with Cassidy and the big men. Great exchange of like big spots in like the first kind of five minutes. Um, the shot of Keith Lee kind of coming up on the apron behind Christian was really well done. Hats off to production for that, for sure. I felt like they shot the match really, really well. Um, Starks actually seemed a little clunky at first. Um, Cassidy is hilarious as always. I'm glad that Hobbs is finally kind of getting used properly. Great to see, um, that suplex spot between those guys too, with Keith Lee kind of holding a ladder. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, finally, they, you know, take notes, GCW. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> had a guy placed underneath holding the ladder, but he, while he was kind of sell, selling, um, Wardlow's being booked perfectly. I don't think that there's any way around it. Um, no matter which way you cut it, AEW is easily the best booked promotion on earth right now. Um, even the little Dan Housen spot I thought was well placed and funny uh, without really taking anything away from the match. Um, I really do feel like the match was too short, though. I really feel like they could have used five to ten minutes more 
hurt the match to me. Um, that being said, I still gave it four beers. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, where are you at on this ladder match? Did not quite go that high. I went 3.75 beers, almost four. And I thought it was really cool. Nice change of pace, seeing like some bigger dudes in a ladder match. They usually put all, all small guys and it was cool seeing the big meaty men doing some cool shit. And yeah. I like the ladders. I like the ripping the ladder apart spot. That was pretty cool. The Cassidy standing on top of the ladder spot and then, you know, crotching himself. Just like you said, that production with Christian and Keith Lee, Christian just being the vet in this of the ladder match is awesome because he's, you know, he's the uh, the innovator of the ladder match. Right. And did you know this was Keith Lee's first ever ladder match? That makes sense. Which and he ate for he did pretty good. He held on the ladder. He didn't let people yeah. get fucked up. Like, think about Anybody that. I'm just, think about how many these GC dub guys are in ladder matches like every fucking week. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, they're going to learn, learn how to work ladder matches as soon as humanly possible, pretty much. Just like you said, I agree with the booking, how it made sense. Wardlow getting the win. That power bomb was nasty. And I'm apparently he's fine. Ricky Starks. But whoo, that was a high angle on his neck. And, yeah. you know, he previously hurt his neck. So I was just kind of cringing. But glad he is OK. Three point seven five, almost four beers. It was a really it was a really fun time. Really fun time. Like literally time. the whole show. Like I was just like, everything's great. Yeah, having fun. Yeah, positive vibes the whole time. Yeah, uh, Shane Strickland gets announced here next. Loved it. Loved that. Loved seeing the reaction for him too. His promo was okay. Uh, wasn't great, but um, he's over you know, though. Yeah, I got the point across. He's definitely over. It worked. Um, the next match here is Ty Conti versus Jade Cargill for the TBS Championship. Honestly, the match wasn't as bad as I expected it to be. Um, and maybe that's kind of rude to say, but I, I expected worse. I had very low expectations. I'll just say that. Um, it, it helps to see that Jade is at least getting better. I'm certainly not saying that it was a great match or that she is great now. There were still plenty of stutter steps, but I didn't absolutely hate it. Um, there were a couple decent false finishes, too, that I felt like they pulled those off well. Um, the crowd was very into it, too. Um, they, they weren't dead at all. Um, still not for me, um, but not awful. I went like two and a half, maybe two and three quarters. Where are you at on this one? I went a little bit higher than you on this one and I enjoyed it. I I went three and a half beers. And just like you said, Jade Cargill is definitely improving. You know, she's been training with Brian Danielson. Ah, yeah. Which that all makes sense. And I've been watching, like I've been watching her matches on dynamite and shit every week. And she's like, I can definitely see the influence definitely see her improving. And this is probably the longest match she's ever had. And like the most like selling she's had to do like, yeah, she's never been like in dire straits. And like the crowd was just into it. And like, same thing with Tay Conti, even though she's been around for a while, you know, like she's vastly improved and she was used to really not be that good. So it's really cool to see both of these, you know, young wrestlers, progressing and like like you said some of those false finishes were great and uh last night on dynamite uh she addressed like you know she kissed her at the beginning of the match everybody went crazy for she called it her kiss of death and i think that's going to be like her new gimmick i like it which i think yeah pretty cool and uh i like the jade mortal Kombat gear definitely fucking sick like yeah she killed it with that yeah well played and made sense i thought yeah i thought visually it was well done and i thought that um i thought both 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 ladies are getting significantly better um, it wasn't a bad match. It wasn't a bad match at all. Jade's um, best keep, match she's had so far. I would agree. I would agree. I would agree. Um, let's keep it rolling here. We got a production package for Punk and MJF, which was incredible. Um, 
I mean, dude, we're in March, but I don't know how it would be possible to have a better feud for the year already. I think Punk MJF is feud of the year already, um, and as well it should be. Um, I absolutely loved the Ring of Honor entrance for for Punk. Super smart. Um, I really can't wait until we get some kind of streaming service, whether it's through HBO or whatever. But I I really really am excited for that to eventually be a thing. Um, I will say this about this match. I love the storyline. Best storyline going into the pay-per-view so far. Um, I really wish it was a cage match. I get the ap- appeal of and like the history of doing the dog collar, but I really felt like it uh, restricted both guys a little bit with the chain. Um, the blade spot with Punk was way too obvious for me. It felt brutal. Um, I don't know. Mm, I, I, I don't know. I really wanted to fall in love with this match, but I didn't. I, I guess that's the right way to say it. Like, I thought it was a really good match, but I thought the story was better than the match. And there was a couple awesome spots. I mean, the tombstone on the apron was great. Uh, the Wardlow booking is perfect. Um, and Punk getting the win, I don't know. It's good. It, it was very good. Um, I still feel like it could have been better, but I really do feel like that's more on the gimmick, um, than like the gimmick of the match, the dog collar than, than the workers, if that makes sense. Uh, I went three and a half beers on this one, still above average. Uh, <laughs> but not, a. I didn't, I, I don't know. I didn't love it. Where are you at on it? I absolutely loved it. I thought literally everything was perfect about this match from top to bottom from, not even just CM Punk's Ring of Honor entrance, but even MJF starting out with Punk's current entrance, to like both of the psychological things starting out. I love the I love the brutality and like how ridiculously bloody it was. I thought the chain worked. They did a lot of unique spots. I love just like the constant like verbal shit talking you can hear in between the whole match. It just everything worked perfect. And I'm I'm not even really that big of a CM Punk fan, but I absolutely love this match. My favorite match he's ever had. Just wow. The white gear with the blood, like I think everything was great was about way it. Better than this, their first match was way better than this one. Well, I rated this one. I went a six pack on this one. I absolutely oh fucking love it. Oh my god, I love this match. It's one of my favorite AEW matches they've ever had. Period. Oh I've only given a few AEW matches six beers, and I, I thought it was fantastic. I, everything worked perfect. The story, the wrestling. I know you weren't a fan of the chains and the wrestling and the gimmick, but I thought it worked really perfect for this. I fucking Not loved me. it, and the fucking Wardlow in the end with the, the MJF with the diamond ring just fucking icing on the cake. I loved it. Fantastic. I mean, I, I like loved the it. booking of Wardlow. I don't know, man. It just, I don't know. I loved it. It's, okay. like I said, my one of my favorite AEW matches ever. That's kind of crazy. Uh, I'm sure you, I don't know, I, I, I figured you'd like it more, but, uh. Yeah. Well, let's keep it rolling, man. Um, you know, I never really thought I'd say this, but I do honestly feel like at this point I prefer Tony Schiavone over Jr. Um, I really wish oh, yeah, Jr. JR's like kind of fucking getting too old, fucking up. Maybe too much. was just like did the Vince role where he kind of like directed commentary through through the through the headsets. You know, um, I feel like he, that would be a, probably a better role for him. Um, it's a great package for for Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa for sure. Um, Thunder Rosa had mad boo boo face when she was walking out though. Um, Jobber face. I mean, mad boo boo face. Like you could kind of tell she was like, well, all right, let's get this over with. Um, Maybe plans changed. Maybe she thought she was going over. Not sure. But uh, what I've heard is that she 
well, they've already announced it. She's getting a rematch next week in her hometown in a steel cage, and she probably already knew that was happening and was just like, this is fucking pointless. Why am I yeah. doing this match if I'm just going to do this again in two weeks? I don't know. I but mean, that's going to be just salty, so I don't know. I don't, we don't really know what's going on. Who knows? Um, I will say first things first that the new AEW Women's Championship looks absolutely amazing. It's a beautiful belt. Um, oh, really yeah. well done. Um, like I want to buy one. Like I think it's that pretty. Like it's just a, such an awesome belt. Um, I, okay, so this was a really good match. Like the, the wrestling match for the first half of this, like the opening wrestling like progression chain start was just really well. Like probably the best professional wrestling thus far on the show. Like um, I, I thought it was really really well done. The work rate was super clean. Um, commentary actually should have been better for this one. I thought Excalibur did his best, but Tony and Jr. were both kind of all over the place and kind of treated it like a popcorn match. Um, it wasn't really so much that they missed calls. It was just, there wasn't really an, any intensity from them at all where Excalibur was like really behind it. I thought the match was really, really well done. That it was very well worked. Uh, both ladies worked really well. Uh, the crowd and commentary were a little tired at this point. Uh, and that kind of hurt it. I mean, we're running on lots of matches on this card, but um, I, I thought it was really well done. I gave it three and three quarter beers, almost four beers. I thought it was a really, really good match. Um, where are you at on it? I'm really close to that. I went three and a half beers. And like you said, I think the spot on the card really suffered. They really made this yeah. match suffer because having to follow like a match that I think is fucking a lot of people holding high regard. You don't, but you didn't say it sucked, but it, yeah, I get what you're saying, but they had to follow that. The crowd like had nothing left. Like you said, commentary, wasn't really into it, but like the work rate was fucking amazing. Like there. everything yeah, was so crisp was really and good. good. That avalanche air raid crash was sick. Mm-hmm. Just I didn't really like the interference winning for Britt Baker again. Like it's kind of it's just kind of getting repetitive, but it all makes sense now. We know they're gonna have the steel cage, so no yep. one can interfere. So hopefully we get Thunder Rosa winning the next one, which I think she will. It's gonna be in her hometown. AEW doesn't do like WWE and make people just lose in their hometown, and which I've always thought was hilarious, but yeah. Hopefully we get something good next week after this. Yeah, I think we will for sure. Um, after the match, we got a plug and a promo package for Danielson and Moxley. Um, and here we are. It's Brian Danielson versus John Moxley. Uh, it was a lot more technical than I expected it to be. Honestly, Moxley dude looks significantly better now that he's sober. Um, still silly, but better. Um, his body language is really just what makes it look so silly to me. Um, Cause I felt like his wrestling was better. This this is the best John Moxley or Dean. This is his best match I've ever seen ever. This is the best he's ever wrestled bell to bell ever. Um, very hard hitting. Um, I mean, they beat the shit out of each other. These dudes were stiff as hell. Um, and then it was an awesome match. I thought the finish was really well done. I liked very much that it felt even and competitive the entire match. And there, neither one got their finish. It just happened. Like you know, the match just ended. Um, and then the Regal debut was icing on the cake for sure. Um, I love the idea of, of Regal kind of leading a stable with these guys at the helm and maybe some younger kids. Um, God, I feel like that's going to be awesome. Um, five beers. Um, loved it. I thought it was a fantastic match. Best John Moxley match I've ever seen in my life. Um, yeah, really good. Really good Brian Danielson match too. And Regal, I mean, you can't, you can't knock it. At least five beers, if not closer to the six-pack, honestly. Uh, where are you at on it? I am literally right there with you again. Five motherfucking beers. 
That's right. And that's right. Dude, they worked this match perfectly. Like the beginning, like you said, was very technical and Mox was keeping up with him, like fucking working just as hard as he was. But then when they kind of like turned into like a pissing contest of striking, Danielson was laying in the strikes just as hard as him. Like they were both working each other's styles and perfecting it. And just like you said, I have the exact notes. I put, I don't like Mox. I love Danielson. Danielson can work great with anyone. And Mox isn't a bad worker. I just hate his movements and mannerisms. Just, yeah. It's, they're just goofy. It's just cheesy. I don't like it. But Well, I haven't liked his work either. Like, I felt like he worked better in this match. Like, Oh, no, no. Like, I agree with you. It's like one of his best matches ever. Yeah. Like, he's had some pretty good matches, like, recently. Like, his AEW run is kind of what made me start to, like, enjoy some of his matches because I did not enjoy anything Dean Ambrose ever did. Ever. Not a fan. Was never, never a fan of him on the mic or anything. Nope. And ever since he's been mocked, he's, like, kind of, you know, he's, he's you know, wear, wearing me down a little bit. I'm kind of getting used to it. But, like you said, this was his best match ever. The finish was p- fucking perfect. He's got the tri- – the, is that a triangle choke? I don't know. It's the Hell's Gate. It's the Undertaker's yeah. old – it's Hell's Gate that was banned. And then he flips up, rolls out into the pin. Like, like you said, no one hit their finisher. It was just like, fuck. He – desperation. It was a Bret Hart somehow finish. Somehow got yeah. the victory. And Regal slapping them both, and Regal's now their new fucking manager. Yeah. Fuck, dude. Like, did you ever think that we would? Like, this is, sounds like a this is like a video game like universe mode like team they put together. Yeah, like it does feel like that. It really does feel like universe mode. But it's a up. cool version. It's just like, oh shit, that would that's so cool, but that would never happen. Yeah, yeah, straight up. No, I mean, yeah, I hope this becomes more of a stable thing. I really think that like, um, you know, you bring a younger guy in. Um, not Daniel Garcia, please. Moriarty, I think would be good. Just Moriarty would be great. Um, Swerve would be great. Uh, Moriarty, I'm trying to think of another technical because actually since, you know, Garcia is now with the Jericho Appreciation Society, unless they pluck him from there, I don't see him joining, but I don't know. They they have some younger Appreciation Society. Is that brand new? I miss Dynamite for the most part. I mean, I saw the Jeff Hardy. That's the new faction. Okay. So who's in that right now? It's 2.0, Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, and Daniel Garcia. Okay, so they just absorbed Jer- like Garcia and They turned 2.0. on uh, – basically, they beat up LAX basically in the ring, Eddie Kingston and uh, Santana and Ortiz. And Sammy Guevara just, just – he, he just left the group altogether doing his own thing. Gotcha. That makes sense. I mean, that makes sense. Um, it's a great way to like kind of dissolve the inner circle and move on yeah. to something else really. Yeah, I could see there's some good young wrestlers that uh, they could bring to that stable. We could get some cool shit. We could. I mean, I would like I would love to see Hook move over there from Team Taz. That would be dope. Even though he's not young, I could for some reason see Jay Lethal getting with him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like, a like you know, rest, he's a wrestler. Yeah, so. Lethal would be dope. Lethal would be dope. I'm into that for sure. Uh, I wonder if they'll bring Gresham in with the Ring of Honor title. Now oh, he'll, they have dude, Ring of Honor. Tony Khan already won him anyways, and now he, dude, Gresham's coming in. He's coming in. He's coming He's in. Coming. He's coming in. Gotta love that. Gotta love that. Um, let's keep it rolling here, man. Um, Tony kind of runs down the AEW TV matches coming up, uh, which looks kind of fun. And then we have the AHFO versus Sammy Sting and Darby. Um, I don't know. Now that I see the rest of the card, I totally get why you put this here. It's a pop to get these guys on the show, and it's kind of a placeholder match between these main events, essentially. Uh, it's a massive brawl with a bunch of big high spots. 
it served its purpose, but it wasn't a show stealer and it wasn't intended to be a show stealer anyway. Um, I mean, obviously the highlight of this match is that sting splash through the, through the table, which is sick. Uh, definitely the highlight of that match. And that's all it needed to be. It was just supposed to be a big, fast, violent, go out into the crowd kind of thing. Um, and it served its purpose. Um, well, but I just went right in the middle with it. Three beers down the middle for me. Um, where are you at on this uh, six man? Winner, winner, chicken dinner. I also tied with you at three beers. It was just like you said, it was a nice palate cleanser. Just some wild, crazy shit going on to like kind of get, get you ready for the main event. All right. So the main event of this show is going to be the AEW world champion hangman Adam Page going up against Adam Cole. All right. I'll go, I'll go ahead and let you lead into this one since you have been kind of leading the whole show. Yeah, I mean, I will say that first things first is that I absolutely loved the Spartan gear, obviously. I mean, I'm a massive Halo fan, so the 117 was a big nod to me for sure. And the match was incredible. I thought I thought it was a, a classic wrestling match. Um, it's I mean, some people might cringe when I say this, but it's a it's a WWE main event style match. Like that's the way they worked it uh, and they worked it really, really well. Um, great work from both guys. The show was really long. Um, and this match being the last may have hurt it a little bit in the ratings. Cause I gotta be honest. I loved this show. I thought everything was great, but it was too long. Nine matches is too many for, I mean, that's why you need six pay-per-views. Like you, it's not that like, I mean, it, there's just too many matches. Like, I mean, seven at most, at most eight, there's nine is too many. Like, it's just, it's just too many. Um, any, either way, the match was really, really good. I was just, I mean, totally spent by the end of it. Um, yeah, great match. No denying that, but yeah, nine matches too many. I went four and a half beers on it, though. Still a great match, but um, I don't know. I think now it would have been the time to pull the trigger on Cole, too. I was a little salty about that. I was like, I mean, I, I just don't see... It's not that I don't see the money in Adam Page. It's that I don't see the, the, I don't see the, the, the big story. He doesn't have enough conflict with enough other people on a main event level to have multiple main event opponents and make it make sense. You know what I mean? Like you give Adam Cole the title and he's got history with pretty much every single person on the roster. It's way easier to like book it. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that like Adam page isn't a main event guy or he shouldn't be champion. I'm just saying like, he honestly, Kenny going away right after he lost the title really hurt Adam. Like I really feel like we needed a long run with Adam as champ. Um, and against Omega. And I know we're going to get it eventually, but it's just, I don't know. I think the timing kind of sucks of that. I, I mean, I like Adam Page. I like him as a world champion. I just don't think that this title run has really been great as uh, Adam Page being the champ. But, you know, it, it's hard to say. It's hard to be like that critical because I love Adam Page. I, I love his character. I just I don't think his title run has been very impressive, honestly. And I think Cole would have been the guy to go with. Well, I actually went a little bit higher than you on this one. I went 4.75 beers. Honestly, even though, to be honest, I went to sleep for like a couple hours, woke back up and then put this back on and rewatched the main event. Cause I was just fucking tired. And I'm glad I did that because I was way more focused in on this match. And yeah, I don't know how do the that, crowd like, there had this much energy, but the crowd was more hyped for this match than they were for some of the previous matches. Like they were so into this shit. Yeah. Like the chants were going crazy all night. Like I love the, uh, this is Adam fight for Adam and like, let's go Adam. Adam sucks. Like, Crowd was super into this. Just it just goes to show like the impact and star power that both of them have. I know you're saying that Hangman's is lacking a little bit, and I, I kind of agree with kind of. I don't think his t- world title run has been 
bad for his matches because his every match he's had has been fucking fantastic. Like work his like work rate wise has been one of the best title runs. Yeah. Every defense he's had, every match he's had has been really good, but just something he's just not I there's just something missing from it. I don't know what it is, but I agree with you. It's just like it's awesome, but it's yeah. it's missing just like it's missing Kenny Omega. Just like you said, it's missing that yeah. that that real serious rival and Cole could be that. Maybe they could build that. They're going to have another match. They've already kind of like teased it, so dude, just <sighs> such a good match though. Yeah, oh yeah. Sunrise on the floor. Such the, a good show. Super kick to the the moonsault super kick counter. Just <sighs> great stuff. Four point seven five. And honestly, this is probably one of the best AEW pay per views ever. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we say that every time because they just continue to outdo themselves. I and really. They've only been like around that. for three years, so it's easy to just outdo yourself if you haven't been around that long. I agree. I agree. It's true. Um, I mean, I thought that it was a good show. I mean, I I thought I thought two thousand seven was a good show. I mean, but. I mean, you can't deny AEW in this situation. I mean, I feel like I know, this is like Mania, SummerSlam level. Like, yeah, it is. Hype. It really is. It really is. I mean, I guess, but all their pay per views kind of have to be right now. Um, I mean, they only have so many of them. Um, I really, really want HBO Max to just pick up AEW and Ring of Honor as like a a, a wing of their streaming service. But time will tell, man. Time will tell. I mean, I wonder um, what's going to happen. You know, got Super Card of Honor still booked, and you know, Swerve is actually on that card. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what's going to happen. Super Card of Honor is going to be very, very interesting. We don't have no yeah. clue what direction they're going to go, what they're going to yeah. do. Yeah. I wonder if they'll have a lot of guys on the show that aren't, um, like AEW contracted guys. You know what I mean? Like, will they have a lot of? Well, they I mean, have like the few. I mean, the Bandito, Jonathan Gresham's already been booked on it. There's like a few non-contracted AEW guys already booked for the show. It's exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. I'm looking forward to it. It's exciting for sure. Um, well, that's going to do it for uh, the the subject matter this week. Um, I mean, AEW is clearly the far and away winner of this kayfabe comparison. The current product today in AEW is better than WWE in 2007. I can say that hand. Yeah, man. Next week, though, we got the Baker's Dozen coming back. Uh, Mr. Jesse Baker will be here introducing or interviewing, rather, Mr. <laughs> Jesse Butler uh, from Sup Fame. Um, also, kind of a living legend, if you will, around the Nashville parts. Um, known that dude for a very long time. Very, very hype to hear the uh, Jesse Baker and Jesse Butler interview on the next Baker's Dozen. Wex, what do you know about uh, old Mr. Uh, Jesse Butler? I know a few things about Jesse Butler, his work that he's done in the wrestling community locally in Nashville and around Tennessee, and I'm looking forward to the old Jesse on Jesse interview. It should be pretty good. Yeah, man. A little Jesse on Jesse action. J E double S E. Um, yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be something. And then the week after that, speaking of more Nashville stuff, it's gonna be the NWA Crockett Cup 2022 versus WrestleMania 13. So we're going to be cracking in wow. WrestleMania season. Um, and I figured since we're having a two, I mean, the Crockett Cup's two nights. So there's going to be a ton of meat on the bone there. Um, we, we're going to need a big show to compare it to. So I figured, you know, we're, we're in 1997. It's my favorite year. We're covering WrestleMania 13 front to back. I'm super hype. Um, 
The Stone Cold Bret Hart match is a top 10 of all time match to me. Super hyped to be able to watch it again to get a good excuse to watch it and really dissect it and take notes. Um, I am hyped for it. How you feeling about the NW? And we've never covered the NWA here either. So NWA Crockett Cup versus WrestleMania 13. How you feeling about it? I'm pretty excited about the Crockett Cup. We got a lot of really cool tag teams. Actually, a SUP Southern Underground Pro team is going to be in the Crockett Cup. Ooh, nice. They, had, like they, they did this little thing where they have like certain promotions get to send their own team. And SUP sent oh, cool. uh, Violence is Forever, Dominic Guarini and Kevin Koo. So, uh, yeah, maybe uh, Jesse will talk about uh, that and a little Crockett Cup stuff with old Jesse Butler, too. Get to weave episode within episode. Yeah, I'm excited about it, man. Lots of Jesse Baker coming up here. You're going to get your uh, your mouth full of Jesse Baker here, or your ear full, I guess, rather. I don't know. I don't know where to go a load of that, that Jesse. A uh, whole load. Uh, you can always find the show at kfabe.com pretty much everywhere except for TikTok. We're at kfabe.com pod there. We're probably most active on Twitter these days um, and then posting most of our video content, at least on YouTube. Trying to get some of those clips up on, on TikTok as well. It might just take a while to get them up there. Um, yeah, you can always find me at Daniel Daybreak pretty much everywhere. Wex, give them the script, baby. Where can they find you? You can always find your boy Wex at Wex Breaking the Lawson on all of your social medias. And yeah, uh, check out more of that uh, Twitter, more of that Instagram, more of the TikTok. Definitely get some more videos on TikTok and Instagram. Uh, we'll have shit uploaded tomorrow, then we'll have the podcast tomorrow, which, because we're recording this on Thursday, and the podcast comes out on Friday. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited, man. It's another Me too. Good week it's going to be a fun time. I'm, I'm always hyped. I'm always hyped. Just covering AEW this week. Got WrestleMania season right around the corner. Lots of good stuff. Lots of good. Uh, I feel like it's positive right now. To be wrestling. Hey, it's wrestling season, baby. You know, it's football's wrestling. over. Basketball and hockey are winding down. Baseball actually came back. We, we thought it was going to be gone, but it came back. But this is wrestling season, baby. Yeah, I mean, we, we are going to get football next month, though, with the USFL. And I'm excited about that. We're going to have to have a little bonus okay, episode. Okay, yeah, Jeff Fisher's though, coaching a team. Yeah, we're going to have to get a bonus episode on that. Uh, but maybe we'll just do that one on YouTube. We'll see. We'll figure that one out. Uh, but that's going to do it for us this week. We will see you guys next week. We're out. Holla, holla. Peace.